Hello, and welcome to Inside Track and Field with Coach Rhodes. This is a podcast about the track and field scene in Prince George's County, Maryland. Where we came from, where we are, and where we're headed. Our guests will include athletes, coaches, and others that were instrumental in contributing to the rich, strong heritage that is known for PG track and field. We'll talk history, champions, records, the past and current landscape around our sport in the Washington metropolitan area, affectionately known as the DMV. So sit back and get ready to enjoy as we spend some time with some amazing guests, laughing, talking, reminiscing all about our history. Welcome to Inside Track and Field. Welcome back to Inside Track and Field. I'm your host, Coach Carl Rose. Today, I'm super excited for this guest. Not only do I have my first in-person guest to the show, but this is somebody who is not a competitor on the running track. It's a 2001 graduate of Potomac High School. The thrower that competed in the shot put, discus, and javelin went on to Morgan State. Prior to getting there, she set a county record in the shot put of 42 feet 10 and one half inches. The All Met 2001 honoree, All County in both 2000 and 2001, honorable mention All Met in 2000, also was a two-time county, region, and state champion in 2000 and 2001. She is now the head volleyball coach at Duval High School, assistant track and field coach, and physical education educator. I welcome to the show none other than Ashley Horn. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. So I started this off because of um, some of my passion for continuing to find out more about county history and track and field and, and just go back and really talk about why is it that Prince George's County is so rich and strong in, in the sport of track and field? So one of the first things um, was, what, what's your um, earliest memory or most memorable time of getting involved in track and field? So that's, I'm um, glad you asked. So when I first started, um, I actually went out to the track my 10th grade year the spring of 98 uh, a friend of mine was throwing a shot put and I said well, let me try it I'm super competitive so I figured I could do it I did it one time and I remember coach Butler the high school uh, shot put coach at the time he was like oh man you're pretty good I was like okay well thanks for letting me try see ya <laughs> see you later so at the time I was actually playing softball and it was a passion of mine at the time. And I, I had no eyes for track at the moment. Um, and so he said, come back next year. And during my 10th grade year, I just knew I was going to be a basketball player. <laughs> but unfortunately, I started growing the width-wise and not the height-wise. And so I found myself being a center 
at 5'8", and I knew that that wouldn't work out for me. And so the following year, during the winter, I, I gave Shot Put a try, um, and it was something that probably changed my life for forever, you know. Um, I went out there, and my first meet, I, you know, people were looking like, oh, who's this new person? And my first meet, I actually won, and I didn't know at the time how good I could be. Um, and so I'm forever grateful to Coach Butler for introducing me to shot put. Definitely opened open a lot of doors for me as an athlete and kind of changed my mindset. And I was talking to my mom earlier. I said I wanted to be the first football player, <laughs> girl, female football player in the NFL. And so <laughs> God had another plan for me. So after that first um, competition, did you did you have like immediate thoughts of oh this this can be something I can excel and be be very good at or did that kind of develop over over time? I think initially I was like, well I guess all the good good girls aren't here, <laughs> so I didn't know how good I was at the time. And then over time, Coach Butler would say, you know, you can be a state champion. And at the time, I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. And so I just went along for the ride. And he was one of those people that just kind of encouraged me and made me believe that I could be the state champion, whatever, it was, whatever that was. And so I, my confidence built kind of, you know, it took time to kind of build. But over time, I realized he was right. I could be a state champion. And, and there was more to it than that. I can go even further than, than being a state champ. Awesome. And and track and field in, in PG County obviously is pretty, you know, pretty big, pretty competitive. Um, but as a thrower, and even when I look at, you know, a variety of sports throughout the county, they all have their little culture. Um, tell me a little something about the cult, the throwers that, you know, and, and, and you guys is how you guys bond and, and kind of do your thing at track meets as opposed to, you know, sometimes the throwing events are somewhere a little bit different than the stadium. And, you know, everybody's not necessarily, you know, surrounding the throwing area. So tell me a, a little bit about that. So I guess it starts at practice. Um, you know, typically when people think of track and field, they think of runners, they think of sprinters. They may even think of jumping. Um, and people don't even consider <laughs> throwing um, when they think of track. However, with that, um, you kind of form this like small community within a community. And so throwing uh, in high school, it was probably about six of us. We were like family. We go to track meets, we bring snacks, we share, we spend a lot of time together. And so I appreciated the fact that I didn't have to perform on this big stage in front of everybody. And typically when you go to track meets, you see throwers, you see their coaches. You don't see a bunch of people standing around. So it took a little bit of that pressure off to know that I can do my best in front of my teammates and in front of my coaches. And there wasn't this uh, built up of, oh, I have to impress, uh, you know, these other people. And so it was like practice when I went to a competition because the people that I spent the most time with, they were around me during those high pressure situations. So I felt very comfortable when it was time to compete. Awesome. Great. 
yeah, it's always it's always interesting for me to kind of walk around the track meet and you see, you know, the throwers. You know, of course, their coaches are right there, kind of you know pumping them up and cheering them up. And um, usually, it's like a small contingent, you know, uh, of, of of fans. But um, it's always interesting to see how. I guess collegial you guys are even even with some of your competitors you kind of know each other and things like that so um when we when we think about kind of just how um, Prince George's County track and field is and how competitive uh spirited it is you know you I guess the head coaches sometimes will even you know, come around and, 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 and especially during championship time to see, you know, where they're, where they're earning their points. But what, what do you think is one of the ingredients that, that make the county championship and, um, you know, so, so competitive and such, I guess, a hype meet, you know, what, what, why do you think that um, is one of the natures of our beast? Yeah, I think that um, especially during counties and regionals and states, I think that's when those, uh, lesser uh, seen athletes really are able to shine, right? You think about when a team wins, it it's usually because, you know, middle distance does something and throwers do something and jumpers do their part. And so I believe that during those times are when, you know, people really get their just due. You really start to see the importance of having a well-balanced team. You really start to see, okay, well, that thrower is going to get me six points, which will, you know, put me in contention of winning the championship. And I think we really get our just due <laughs> during championship time. And so we often look forward to the opportunity to be recognized because oftentimes throwers and field events, they, they aren't recognized like a sprinter. And so when we do make it to states or when we, you know, are county champ and we can contribute, other people start to acknowledge you know, that part, right? They acknowledge that we do mean something to the team. So I remember um, in high school, you know, winning, my whole school community would know because they would make an announcement. So I think that was definitely a memorable time of being able to contribute to the greater good of the team, being able to contribute to a championship or being able to contribute to something bigger than my one event. That's cool. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting as we as we get closer and closer to championship time. How like the the pressure or the interest of of the of the staff and of your teammates and things just rate rise up a lot. So it's always very interesting for me to see that. Um, similarly, like high, like high school, even on the on the collegiate and the professional level, again throwers don't necessarily um, initially get a lot of publicity or all the shine. But after you kind of embraced the event, was there anybody um, professionally that you kind of, you know, looked at and, you know, kind of picked and said, oh, you know, I could I could be like this person. I want to emulate this person. So it probably wasn't until college that I realized that <laughs> the distance that I was throwing was – uh average <laughs> um and i actually had the opportunity to compete against some of the best in the in the state and in the country and so one of my biggest influences even though i think she's a little bit younger than me 
is Michelle Carter. Definitely, she's one of the best in the Olympic champ. But also, Cleopatra Burrell, uh, when I was a freshman, I had the honor of competing against her my very first collegiate meet. And as nerve-wracking as it was, I was just in awe that she was so great. Somebody that looked like me would eventually be an NCAA champ in the shot put. And so that was a big deal just to see someone that looked like me um, go on to be a champion. So as a freshman, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's my goal right there. She she has it. And to know that she had come from HBCU right before she went to UMBC. So that was that just made it even sweeter. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so as you as you matriculated, and we'll, we'll circle back to some high school stuff as well, but as you matriculated and you went into the collegiate ranks, um, how, how did that experience um, differ from what the high school experience you previously had was? So it was, a, it was actually a lot different. Um, in high school, man, we were doing all kind of push-ups and, and lifting weights and um, – it was more of a family environment. When I got to college, my coach was a former decathlete, so you can imagine how many <laughs> how many days I had to run and do stairs and the quietest kept I actually went to a cross country meet as a collegiate <laughs> athlete. And so it was it was a lot different. Um I went from having kind of like this small family to almost competing on a regular basis at practice. There were two guys when I got to Morgan who were competing, and it was almost like I had to compete against them in everything, lifting weights and running and sprinting and, you know, running the bleachers and doing push-ups. And so it was a lot different. It was almost like a culture shock to me because I realized that my – um my athletic aid, if you will, was contingent upon how successful I was. And previously that wasn't the case, right? I did shot put in high school for fun. It was something I thoroughly enjoyed. And I had people around me who were, you know, my peers and my friends. And then when I got to college, it was a little bit different. And there was this pressure to perform. Um, And it wasn't it was fun, right, to compete and to compete at a high level, but it was a different coaching style. It was a different environment. And oftentimes we had practice at 6 o'clock in the morning, so that played a factor into it. And so the motivation, my motivation shifted. Um, and so I realized shortly into it that there was a completely different um, coaching style that I wasn't accustomed to. Um, And I think that, (laughs) unfortunately, I think that caused me to kind of coast for four years. Um, I didn't make the climb that I thought I would. And it's because I didn't necessarily buy into the new coaching style. And now as an adult and as a coach, I realize that that wasn't the best route. Um, And so my Olympic dreams, um, and I say that jokingly because my mom would always say, you're supposed to be in the Olympics. But <laughs> I realized had I gone into a different situation or had I had a different mindset, I probably would have gone even further 
than what I was able to accomplish in my four years in college. The, the mental side um, and even kind of mental, emotional side of transitioning to the collegiate level is just different. It's just a, it's just a different challenge, um, especially after being introduced to the sport and having success on, on one level. It's kind of your nurturing years and then going into a situation you might be unfamiliar with or, uh, you know, many conversations I have are, you know, are the coaches just coaching their style or are they coaching for the style of athlete that they actually are presented with in front of them? So it's it's definitely a, a, a challenge and, and, and a change, you know, for a lot of people. So you definitely hear that a lot. Um, when you think back to, like, memorable championship competition, um, what what are some of those you know, times when you think about a, a meet that just sticks in your mind? Well, <laughs> um, I guess I have a few. Um, definitely, you know, county championship at Friendly High School and throwing shot put up on the heel. And and back then there, there were probably three or four of us that would kind of go back and forth and shot put and discus. Um, so the, that was definitely memorable. In college, actually, I, I had this one meet where it was probably 100 degrees outside, and I won the shot put, and I won the javelin, and I got second in the discus, and I don't even know how that happened, but it did. And I scored 28 points in that particular meet, and we went on and got like third or fourth place <laughs> for the team. But those are definitely times that, um, that I was doing well, but it also helped me to understand the whole team concept, right? Because sometimes you do well and your team doesn't, and sometimes your team does well and you don't. And so there's always this kind of like give and take um, and realizing that it's about the team at the end of the day, right? Whether you're successful or not, you're there to catapult your team to the next level. And so that's what those moments taught me. Awesome. And when you think about those those times when you when you performed on that high level, um, what were some things that that you did yourself to mentally prepare? Like what was your go to, you know, preparation, you know, tip to to get ready and, and you know, get yourself ready for an event? Because the day of meet, I will wake up a little bit early and almost start before I even knew this was a thing, you know, people talk about sports psychology and kind of playing things over in your head. I would wake up early, I would start stretching, I almost start my warm up as soon as I woke up the day of a meet. And so the whole morning I'm thinking about how I'm gonna execute and what my plan is. And so I believe just, you know, the, the competitor in me, I wanna win. And so sometimes that will work. Sometimes that mental play would work and sometimes it wouldn't because there are other factors. But it's definitely something that I woke up thinking, okay, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to execute. I'm going to win. And I think that happened because initially when I started throwing, I was winning. 
So it was almost ingrained in me from the beginning that when you go to compete, you win. And so um, just leading up to the competition, that was my mindset. That's a cool, that's, that's a definitely cool teacher um, winning early in and, and just kind of getting that ingrained um, in you. That's, that's, that's really cool. So with that, now that you've um, transitioned into a coaching aspect, how do you how do you use some of those tools or how do you convey some of those tools that you now look back and you're able to even kind of have a better understanding of why you did it or how you did it? How does that help you in your in your coaching um, experience now? It hasn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So what it helped me to realize is that um, oftentimes the kids that I work with and coach, they don't have that same experience, right? Most kids don't come into a sport and are automatically successful. And so they come with a a different mindset. They have this mindset that I'm not going to really believe, but I want it to happen. And so I just try to um, help them to kind of shift their mindset, right? Believe that it can happen, put in the work, and then reap the benefits. And so it's been, I will say that it's been a challenge because oftentimes when we coach, we want or we envision kids the way we were, right? And we think that everybody comes with this naturally competitive mindset. And so that's not always the case. And so I realized that each kid is different and you almost have to play to their strengths. Okay, what are you good at? Okay, let's build from that. And so um, that has definitely been a learning curve for me as a coach because they don't think the way I think and I don't think the way they think. And so just trying to figure out what, you know, pushes that kid and what they're interested in and trying to marry those things to make sure they're successful is like (laughs) ancient Chinese secret or something. Um, So it's just kind of been like a, a a learning experience for me and trying to figure out what's going to work for each individual, because I've, I've experienced I would say a good amount of students who didn't come with a whole lot of sports background. And so we kind of start from scratch. But I'm also a believer in um, you have to believe in yourself and whatever it is, right? Taking a test or scoring a goal or, you know, serving a ball. Believe that you can do it. Start small and gradually, you know, build yourself up until you get to that goal that you desire. And so coaching has definitely humbled me (laughs) and helped me to realize that everybody's not going to start with an A, right? Everybody's not going to start at 10. Somebody's going to start at one. And so it's my job to help them to get to two and three and four and five. And also coaching shot put has helped me to, to see that progress is good, right? You, you won't always get, you know, a state champ. And I've yet to coach a state champ. But I've seen kids make it to, to states, right? I've seen kids qualify. I've seen kids PR. And so to me, that's more important than getting that that great throw. Being consistent and working towards your goals is way more important to me now than it was when I was a kid. And so things are a little bit different, but um, the lessons that I learned earlier on definitely helped me to become a better coach every day. Awesome. That's cool. 
so you you also got into coaching um volleyball which obviously you know wasn't the sport that you uh, did the majority you know of your you know um competitive life so how did that develop how did the volleyball thing kind of become a thing okay so when i was in high school i actually played uh volleyball in high school and now that i think about it <laughs> that was more of like a cookout <laughs> style and so um what actually happened was my first year teaching I knew the track wasn't going to start into the winter and I wanted to do something immediately you know oftentimes when you start a new job people say take it slow right don't try to do too much and so you know that's not my thing at all I'm, I'm jumping right into it so my first week I went to volleyball practice just to help no lie just to help <laughs> and fortunately um the coach he needed an assistant coach so I was like you know I'm a PE teacher I played volleyball why not um and so I did that for a year in the next year like many teachers experience he had to go through a certification process where he had to go back to school and he says, well, I have to go back to school. I don't know how you feel. You can take over the program. And I'm like, um, I'm just a year into it. <laughs> and coaching is different than playing. So I took it on. And at the time, Stacy Sales, one of my friends, she was the AD. She said, okay, I'll be your assistant. And I was like, okay, we're going to see how this works. So that was my first like crack at being a head coach, right? I, and from there, I stayed there a couple of years, and I ended up um, going to Duval, and I was the assistant coach there, so I was back in my element, right? Yeah. I just want to be in the background and kind of help out. And so at Duval, um, Coach Howland was there for a number of years. I was her assistant eventually, and she had a baby. She says, listen, I'm going to have this baby in the fall, <laughs> and here I am again with this situation. She says, well, they can hire someone else or you can take over. And I'm like, man, I just want to be an assistant coach. I mean, <laughs> what is really going on? But I thought I might be the assistant to somebody who doesn't know volleyball. So once again, I was kind of thrust into the spotlight. And so I was able to take it on. And just based on what I learned from the previous coach at the, the school before and what I learned from Coach Howland, Man, it was so invaluable just to help out somebody who understood the game at a different level. So I became the head coach, and I did that for a couple of years and struggled <laughs> and struggled. But I learned a lot, and the kids learned a lot. And so the last couple of years, we had some success. But it's definitely something that has edged up on track <laughs> in my heart and in my mind. Um, and it's definitely shown me a different side of coaching. Because it's a lot different than, you know, track and field in that it's a team sport. Right, I was and so you need six people to be successful. So that has been the challenge, right? I'm not coaching an individual. I'm coaching a team of people who need to work together. So um, it's, it's a little bit different, but I enjoy both of them kind of about the same at this point. I know the, that, that working with the – with the volleyball team, obviously, 
you know, they're very much more dependent on each other and, and you know, being in the right places at the right times and, and communicating, you know, versus looking at, wow, the, you know, track is kind of that dual, it's a team sport and an individual sport at the same time, and we need each other, but at the same time, it's like a mono e mono thing with, with, you know, when it comes to competition. So, good. So, um, would you... Would you say, though, that your experiences as as a thrower still has, you know, given you some of the, the tools and the mindset to be a coach for a team sport? Or can you incorporate things that individually you you kind of learned with growing and helping them mature in their team sport? Yeah, I think um, oftentimes those things that you learn to to get yourself going individually can definitely help the team. Um it's, you know, it takes a little bit of tweaking, right? Um, instead of just preparing yourself mentally, you got to think about how you can motivate other folks. So I think it definitely works hand in hand. You need some of that, um, how can I put it, that kind of like internal work, but you need everyone to do that same um, work. And so some of those things kind of overlap. Um, those things that help you to be successful on the individual level definitely help you to be a better teammate and to to recognize that you have to pull your weight in order for the team to be successful. So definitely some of those things come into play. So one of the parts of the show we do is kind of a rapid fire um, thing. And, and I just ask that, you know, you kind of think of it quickly as first thing that comes up on, on, on your, uh, in your mind. And I'm I'm interested to see how how it'll be as again you know, you know the runners come up with all these different finagle-y things and stuff. So I'm um, gonna be very interested to to see what what your answers um, will be. So the first question is, which competitor were you most intimidated or excited to face? Uh, Cleo. <laughs> In college, Cleopatra Burrell, for sure. Cool, cool. And other than your marquee event, which event was your favorite? Four by one. <laughs> Don't judge me, throwers. So I actually ran the four by one one time. And I just, I don't know, I always thought it was like the coolest race ever. All the throwers want to run. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. So your workout's obviously a little bit different um, than than the than the average track runner. But what was your least favorite workout that Coach Butler had you do? Your least favorite. Oh, I love workout. him. Um, actually, he used to make us do push-ups on our fingers. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's <laughs> definitely the most painful. He made us do those every day. So anything involving push-ups were my least favorite. About your, what about your most favorite? What was the most fun or, or favorite workout that he had you guys So do? oftentimes he had us doing 40 throws a day. And I think, although that sounds like a lot, I think that's what helped me to um, kind of like perfect my my um, my glide and, and the technique. And so that repetition, even now as a coach, I try to incorporate that into my coaching. 
Now this one, um, I kind of asked, again, it's going to be interesting because of um, kind of the time that you, the time that you graduated from. So what, um, give me a top three playlist that you're currently listening to. Right now? Right now. Oh, man. So... I know this is gonna sound weird, but I, I'm kind of into R&B. I'm kind of into go-go. I'm kind of into gospel. So right now, anything Kiara Sheard, um, anything go-go. I'm sorry, and R&B, um, Jasmine Sullivan for sure. Was that something you used in your in your warm-up or your pre pre-game kind of at meets? Did you did you have headphones on and? And, and, and listen to music or anything So like I guess I'm old enough. <laughs> we couldn't bring a whole CD, a disc man out there. But when I got in college, you know, everybody had like MP3 players. So that was the thing. But definitely played that before you start warming up because you couldn't take technology on the track. That's how old I am. Okay. Um, as you look back, and more specifically to today's um, track and field um, athletes, what what would be you know some advice you would you know you would give to them, as you have you know some some broad knowledge, looking at your experiences actually competing and now you're coaching, what would be some advice you give to them for today's landscape as an athlete in high school? So something that I tell all my kids is that you have to compare an apple to an apple. Um, I coached a kid recently to the state meet for high jump. And although he was brand new, um, he he would see other people be successful and he would it would kind of weigh on his confidence. And so I would encourage students to think about how long you've been in something, think about your progress, think about your plight in something and compare it to only yourself, right? If I just started something six months ago, I don't want to look to you know, Grant Holloway and compare myself to an Olympic runner. I should compare myself to what I did last week or what I did when I first started. So only compare yourself to to yourself. Um, and also just be confident. If there's something that you've learned, be confident in that. Um, and so self-confidence is big with me. Just believe in yourself um, and, and don't give up until you reach the goal that you set out. Great stuff, great stuff. And so as you brought up the, the uh, Olympics, obviously uh, the track heads know that, that the Olympic trials has been you know, just concluded on, um, on Sunday. And um, what were some of your highlights from, from the trials? It was, it, was, it was so good from, from day one to day 10. So the, the highlight that I have, definitely the 400 hurdles, Dalila Muhammad and Sydney McLaughlin, but also being able to see some of the local people from this area, Matthew Central Wits and um, Christina Clemens, um, and just being able to recognize some of those people just from, from the DMV was exciting. But everybody likes the sprints. Everybody likes the 100, the 200. But I also saw the 800 and a thing, Mo. Oh, my goodness. She's like poetry on on the track and so being able to watch track at this time it almost gave me this like this refresher 
right, that track coaches often need, you know, after a season. And I wish this happened while we were still competing because I think I would have came to practice with, like, an extra little, you know, little something. But it was definitely good to see. And I think that times like this shows other people that track is exciting. It's more than running, right? It's multicultural, um, and it's so many events. And so just seeing the Olympic trials was exciting. It was really exciting. It's almost like we had been missing it. And actually we have because we waited an extra year for this. But it was exciting to see um, the diversity. But it was also exciting to see so many young high schooler, college athletes make it to the next round. So that just, it just brings this excitement. It also makes me think, man. I should have been there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the future yeah. the future is definitely bright. It was it was, you know, super to see some you know, that that time of kinda not the old guard. It's funny when you say that with with professional sports because you're old at like thirty. But but you see kind of the older guard and you see the newer fresh, you know, fresh pots coming in and, and it was it was it was awesome. So looking forward to the Olympic Games in a couple more weeks and, and, and see what see what we can oh, do. Oh, and Knighton. Oh, my goodness. A 17-year-old blazing on the track. That was exciting. So it was just good to see, like you said, it was good to see that kind of older group of Allison Felix and um, I think I saw LaShawn Merritt and Justin Gatlin to see those people kind of even though they're my age, <laughs> to see them kind of make their exit, but just to see this emergence of younger, fresher, stronger, quicker, right? And even in the jumps, sorry, I'm going over, but the I saw the long jump and the high jump, and the young guy from LSU won both. And they said that hadn't happened since the early 1900s. Yeah. And so that was impressive. Um, so just to see this new blood, you know, coming through track is is exciting. And hopefully it gets some of the younger people um, excited about it too, especially on like the youth level. Definitely, definitely. So just to close out, um, athletics obviously has been a a big part of your life. Um, And obviously you're Prince Prince George's County, born and bred. Why, I guess, what is it about Prince George's County that – gives this family oriented that gives this competitive what what would you capsule that for me in in saying how how it is why is it that way yeah so um I've always said that this area is just so special right to think about um successful African-American people um and I think that success kind of you know rolls over to athletics which is exciting um, I've lived in this area most of my life, and now I work in this area, and, and I own a house in this area. And so the thought that we can be successful in every aspect of life is exciting to me. And I think that's what makes this area so special. Um, my mom came from Arkansas and moved here. And so you have all these different people kind of converging in this one county and are taking over football and basketball and track and the federal government and other in education. And so I think it's just a special place. It definitely is a special place. And it highlights um, the success of African-American people. And I think that's why it's so special, right? Everybody is like, what is going on over there? 
you never know <laughs> what will, what good will come out of PG. And I often f- think about what would I do if I lived somewhere else? <laughs> I don't know that I'd be able to function because we see so much excellence in this, in this area. And so I think that um, PG probably will be um, one of those um, hotbeds for the success in the black community in multi in in a multitude of of arenas and so sports is no different um we're so close to the city we're so close to the south right some people consider us the south and so we can almost have like this best of both worlds happening in this one county and so i don't think i i would ever leave um and I say to my, my younger nephew all the time, this is a place where you see people like you being excellent. And there aren't too many places in the world where you'll see so many African-American people being excellent. And so, you know, the sports arena is no different. That's awesome. That's awesome. We will definitely be able to close the show out on that note. So thank you again, Ashley, for coming by to the show. Um, I was, like I said, super excited about having my first uh, thrower on. Look forward to having a few more. But it was really great uh, talking with you today. And look forward to seeing you um, do some great things as you continue in your uh, coaching career. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Inside Track and Field podcast with Coach Carl Rose. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time at the track, trying to go faster, higher, and further. Until next time, peace and blessings to all our listeners.